We're going to go ahead on and get started with the quoting of um, Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. If you don't know it by heart, if you would please, I'll pull it up in your word. And we will begin to quote it. I believe. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, I believe. God, we believe your word. We believe your word from Genesis to Revelation, God. We believe your word is a transforming word. We believe your word is a healing word. We believe your word is a building word. We believe your word is a guiding word. We believe your word, dear God. When no other word can stand as great and as powerful as yours, God, we believe and we trust in your word. Father, we pray for the anointing and the presence of your Holy Spirit to be with us today as we speak forth your word. Let it be your words, God, that your men, that they hear from the hearts, Father, of your servant. And I ask, God, that you're glorified and that you're honored. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, we want to welcome everyone here. We're talking about the kingdom man. Amen. We absolutely believe. We're talking about the kingdom man. And you hear that term often spoke, kingdom man, but what does it really mean? And what's the difference between a kingdom man? What exactly is a kingdom man? See, I don't know about you, but if, if I was looking or wanting or desiring a man in my life, I would want it to be a kingdom man. Not just a man or not just a Christian man, but a kingdom, a man, a man that know Jesus. Right. So we, we're going to talk about that. A kingdom man is a man that is seriously committed to his walk in Christ Jesus. He's seriously committed. It's just something that's just different about him. A Christian man is committed to walk in the desires of his flesh when no one else is looking. So a Christian man will compromise. And typically they'll say, well, I'm only human. Or it's just my flesh. But a kingdom man is committed to walk in the way of God. A kingdom man lives out the scripture. While a Christian man reads the scripture, studies the scripture, but yet he is not a doer. James 1.23 says, For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He hears, but he doesn't see. A kingdom man is a man who walks in integrity. A kingdom man is a man who does not compromise. A Christian man sometimes lives a compromising life. The scripture tells us in James 4, 4, you adulteress, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy 
So when a, a Christian man compromises his walk in Christ, he is now an enemy with the Lord. So therefore, he's not a kingdom man. A kingdom man is a man who knows his kingdom purpose and he walks in his God-given kingship authority. He knows his purpose. He knows why I'm here on earth. He knows his calling. He knows and he walks in it and he walks in the authority that God has given to him. He takes his headship. And that's what we're asking men to do today. Take your headship, take your kingdom authority and walk in it. A kingdom man demonstrates brotherly love. A kingdom man is a man of action. He does not say, I am saved. He lives out his salvation. A kingdom man is a man of God. He's God's man. Yes, come forth kingdom men <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Because there are kingdom women that are waiting for kingdom man. There are kingdom wives who are waiting for their kingdom husbands to rise up. There are children that are waiting for the kingdom fathers to rise up. And we're going to talk about that over the next three weeks. Once we get through the kingdom man, we're going to talk about what does a kingdom husband look like? What does a kingdom father look like? We're going to really understand. And then we're going to do that for the ladies. Ladies, I, I, I've got to make sure that I cover the ladies too, because men need to know what a kingdom woman looks like. And I'm, I'll, I'll touch on that later. I'm not going to get into that right now. A kingdom man is a man who knows his kingdom purpose and walks in his God-given authority. He demonstrates his brotherly love. He's a man of action. He doesn't say, I'm just saved. He lives on his salvation. He's a man. He's a man of God, and he's God's man. In this series, we're going to talk about the kingdom man, the kingdom man, the married man, the kingdom man father. We're going to follow this series with the kingdom woman. So we're going to start out on how to recognize a kingdom single man. A kingdom single man. How do you recognize the character and nature of a kingdom single man? This man is not married. Whether he's been married before or whether he's never been married at all. We're going to talk about how to recognize the character and nature of a single man. Before we do that, let's go to Timothy, second chapter. First Timothy, uh huh. Uh, actually, second Timothy, second Timothy, third chapter. And I have to read this first and this is not in my notes but this is what i feel that that how god is leading me second timothy the third chapter it says knowing this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come and we all understand that we are in the perilous times right now we are in the last days it says for men shall be lovers of their own selves they love their own self. Those are the ones that feel entitled, the narcissistic, the psychopaths, the sociopaths, um, the, the simple-minded, the men that are mama's boys, so on and so forth. The list is endless. Those are men who love their own self, their covetousness. They're always wanting someone else has. They, they boast about what they have. They boast about anything that will make them look good. They're proud. 
Um, they're blaspheming against God. They're blasphemers. They're disobedient to parents. They're unthankful for what God has done. They're unholy, without natural affection. They don't pursue the things of God. They pursue the things of their own flesh. They, they are truce breakers. They break what the covenant of God, what God intended for the natural use of a woman's body and a man's body. They are false accusers. They're incontinent. They're just, they have no filter. They're fierce. They're despisers of those that are good. They don't like the good people. They don't, they, you often hear them say, well, everybody's not like you. Um, these are the men that we're dealing with today. Now, I'm not saying that these are Christian men, but we have secular men, we have Christian men, and we have kingdom men. The men that I described to you now, that's here in um, 2 Timothy, the third chapter, it can be a secular man. It can be a carnal-minded man. But a Christian man can also have those same traits. They're traitors, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Verse 5 says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Turn away from these men. Turn away from them. Now, here, here's the thing, ladies. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and led captive silly women, laden with sin, led away with divers lust, ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of truth. They go into the lead them captive because the women's focus, they're not kingdom minded women. Their focus are not on the things of God and they're led away by sins. That's why I said last week we talked about how we're, a lot of us are raising, you know, our children, you know, to, to, to twerk and, you know, they, we're not watching them and monitoring their phones. They're on, um, they're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. They have access, and there are five hundred thousand predators that are on the internet every day looking for our kids, and they will only find the kids that are not being monitored. Their phone is not being monitored. Mom and dad is not looking. And I'm not going to go too deep into this because we talked about this last week. But these are the ones that lead silly women that are laden with sin, led away with divers lust. Now you have this this new video out by Carly B and Megan. And, and I was like, what's the big hype? Well, I don't understand it. <laughs> so I decided to, um, to go look at the video. I couldn't watch it all. I, I mean, the first few lyrics of what was being spoken was so demonic, so ungodly-like, so disrespectful to me as a woman and to you as a woman until I could not continue to listen to it. So if we can't listen to it as adults, and there's so much controversy about it right now, why do we allow our children to? But that's when we need our kingdom men to rise up and to put order in the household. Kingdom women to rise up and to put order into the household. So now we know what a secular man looks like. Now we know what a carnal-minded man may or may not look like. Now let's look at what a kingdom man looks like.
turn to Philippians, the second chapter. <clears throat> and we're going to look at the 12th and 13th verse. A kingdom-minded man walks in brotherly love. That's number two. Let me go back to number one. Kingdom-minded man is saved, first and foremost. He is saved. He lives out his salvation. He's just not saved to say, I am saved. I'm a Christian. Well, what does that mean? Well, I go to church. Oh, that's great. And I serve on the deacon board. I'm a minister. Um, I, I, I urge you at the door. Yeah, I'm a Christian. That's on Sunday. But Monday? Monday? <laughs> or Sunday evening when they get home, they pulling out the beer, the alcohol. They calling sweet baby, come over, and uh, you know it's been a long day. They are compromising. I'm not saying all Christian men are like this. That's not what I'm saying. So please understand that. But I'm saying that a kingdom man that is saved live out their salvation. If the scripture says, "For this cause shall a man leave his mother and cleave unto the wife, and they shall two shall be one flesh." Flee fornication, he's going to flee it. He's not going to make room for it. If the scripture says, be not drunk with wine, whereas an excess will be filled with the Holy Spirit of God, he's not, he's, he's not going there. He's going to do what God says. So let's look at it. Philippians, second chapter, 12 and 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation. Does that mean salvation is by works? No. It says, for by grace are you saved, through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God. We are not saved by works. But we know that we are saved by our works. By what we do, the decisions that we make, how we act, how we behave, how we repent and turn away from it. We are saved by grace, but we work out our salvation, meaning how we demonstrate, how we live our life, would decree and declare if our salvation is real. Is it really real? Do we really believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again on the third day? Do we really believe that there is a heaven? Do we really believe that when Christ comes, we're going to go there? Because if we really believed it, we wouldn't live just any kind of way because I would be too scared to. That's the fear. That's the reverential fear. Verse 13, for it is God who worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. If you're saved, then God is in you. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So if the word is in you, then you're going to work to do the will of God and to do of his good pleasure, not yours. So a kingdom man is a man that is saved and he lives out his salvation. That's number one. Number two, a kingdom man walks in brotherly love. That's 1 John 4, 20 through 21. Turn with me to that. 1 John. First John 4, 
He walks in brotherly love. Scripture says, we're going to start at 19. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hated his brother, he's a liar. You don't love God. But he that loveth not his brother whom he have seen, how can he love God whom he have not seen? God is saying, how can you say you love me, but you hate this person over here that you can see, but you say you love me and you can't see me? How can you say that? So how can you love it? Verse 21 says, and this commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. So if you love God, then you will love your brother. I don't care what he's done to you. You will still love him with the godly love. I didn't say you have to go back into fellowship with him. I didn't say you have to go into a relationship with him. I said you still love him as your brother in Christ. He walks, a kingdom man walks in brotherly love. That's number two. Number three, a kingdom man is humble. A kingdom man is humble. Go with me to 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5. 5-6. through A kingdom man is a humble man. It says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. We're going to stop right there. Be subject one to another. So many times I hear husbands say, you're supposed to submit to me. You're supposed to be so obedient to me. And he's saying that to, to his wife. But the scripture says that we're supposed to be subject one to another. I hear leaders and elders and apostles and prophets and teachers and preachers and evangelists. You're supposed to be subject to me. You're supposed to bow down to me. But God said we're supposed to be subject one to another respectfully. How can I ask you to respect me as an elder, as an apostle, as a woman, and I don't respect you? The scripture says, be subject yourselves unto your elders. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. What does it mean to be clothed with, with humility? What does it mean to put on clothes? When you get up in the morning, you put on clothes. When you finish taking your shower, you put on clothes. Whether it's your night clothes or your day clothes, you're putting on clothes. That's what it means to be clothed with humility. You put it on. You walk in it. It becomes a garment that you wear. It's something that's close to you. You're clothed with humility. You walk in it. It's a part of you. It's a part of your life. It's a daily routine. It's something that you do all the time. And because you're so repetitive in the putting on of the humility, it becomes a part of you. You do it without even thought because you're clothed with humility. Then it says, for God resisteth the proud and give grace to the humble. So what's the, what's the opposite of humility? Pride. The opposite of humility is pride. If you're not walking in humility, you're walking in pride. Mm -hmm. 
And the scripture says pride comes before the destruction. That's what got Satan kicked out of the kingdom because of his pride. So we need to walk in humility. And that's also part of the kingdom woman, but a kingdom man, we want to look for a man that is humble. And Jesus was a humble man. Then it says, verse six, humble yourselves, therefore under, not over, under the mighty hand of God. That means allowing God's will to be done in your life, whether you like it or not. You're humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Now, does this say exalt you in your due time or when you want it or how you want it? No. He says he may that he may exalt you in due time. His due time, not yours. So a kingdom man is a humble man and he listens for the timing of God. He listens for the due time. He does not allow himself to become bottled down with pride because he's clothed himself with humility. Number four, he makes no room for the flesh. A kingdom man does not make room for the flesh. He's not going to set you up. <laughs> He's not going to set you up for a one night stand. He's not going to set you up to move in with you. He's not going to set you up to take from you. He's not going to set you up to borrow your car and take it off and you're driving away and then he brings it back and there's no gas in the car. He's not going to set you up like that. He makes no room for the flesh. He makes no room for deception. He makes no room for lies. He makes no room for deceit. He makes no room for betrayal. He makes no room for fornication. He makes no room because he is a man of humility. Turn with me to Romans, the 13th chapter. Romans, the 13th chapter. And we're going to look at the 11th through the 14th verse. 11 through 14. Um, let me see if I have this right. All right, 11 through 14. And that, I'm going to start at 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. And we already said that the kingdom man is, is, is a, he loves with brotherly love. This is where we're going to begin. Verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now is a high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believe. Here God is saying, it's time. It's time to awake. It's time to awake out of sleep because our time of salvation is near. Either you're saved or you're not. Either you're going to the kingdom of God or you're going to eternal flames. 
that time is near. Verse 12, the night is far spent. We've been in the nighttime. The day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us cast them off. We are not going to walk in the works of darkness. We are not going to work in the works of darkness. One of the good things that I really like about God is that anytime his word is spoken and there is a conviction upon your heart, God has given you room to repent. He's given me room to repent. Yes, this scripture is so that we can recognize the characteristics and nature of a kingdom man. But if there's some things that's in your life that that's amiss, that you're hearing about a kingdom man, then you need to ask God to forgive you. It says, let us put on the armor of light. And what is that armor of light? That's Christ Jesus. Here we go. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantiness, not in strife and envy, but Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Put it on. We're putting on the garment of humility. Now he's saying, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't make no provision for flesh. The flesh of rioting. The flesh of drunkenness. We call it uh, alcoholics. God called it drunkenness. Make no, make no provision for drunkenness. Not in chambering. Let's not try to get together with, with orgies and stuff that does not please God. Strife, anger, envying, wanting something someone else has. God said it's time to put that off because the time is near. At the time for God's return is near and you're either going to one or two places. You're either going to be with the king in the kingdom of God or you're going to the kingdom of Satan. <clears throat> so you women who are still looking for a, a, a man, you want to look for a kingdom man. Because if you just hook up with a man, he could take you straight to hell because he can take you off the path of righteousness. Mm -hmm. Wives that have been praying for your husbands to rise up and be holy men, keep praying. Keep praying because God is releasing kingdom Men, men who are serious about the things of God, keep praying. Don't give up. Keep fasting for your husbands. Keep standing in the gap for your husbands. Because God is raising up kingdom men. Kingdom women, keep praying for your sons. God is raising up kingdom men. I don't care how old they are. Pray for them. If they're in utero, put your hands on your stomach and pray for your son. Raise him up, God, in the name of Jesus. Raise this little Jimmy up in my stomach to be a kingdom man for you. Take that little toddler in your hand and hold him. God, raise him up. If you stay, you're coming and he's still growing. Raise him up to be a kingdom man. The society, the world has enough of just men. Men with apparatuses, but men that are not holy, godly kingdom men. And we're asking God, raise him up. Raise them up, God. Raise them up in the name of Jesus. Junior high, raise them up. High schoolers, raise them up. College, raise them up. Raise them up, God. God is still can change. I don't care what your home looks like. If the man that's in your home is not a kingdom man, you pray. God can turn that situation around. 
He can be a kingdom man. And that's what we're praying for. That's what we're beseeching the throne of God for. Every day, Thursdays, on Thursdays at 8 p.m., we're praying for men. Raise them up, God. Raise them up. Pastors, apostles, preachers, teachers, teachers, bishops. Raise them up to be kingdom men. I don't care what your title is. I don't care. I don't care what your education is. That doesn't impress God. Are you a kingdom man? Are you a man after God's own heart? Is your walk for the kingdom of God? Are you headed toward the kingdom of God? That's all that matters. The world may be crumbling around you, but I guarantee you it'll keep crumbling around you if you're a man of God. Let's go on. Talk about Joseph. Did, did we finish 11 through 14? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You all remember Joseph. Turn with me to Genesis, the 39th chapter. Genesis, the 39th chapter. I don't know how many of you remember the story of Joseph. Joseph was a nice looking man. <laughs> He would be what today's society would call maybe an arm candy. I don't know what you call them now, but arm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just going to say arm candy because that's, that's the only terminology I know. He, he, he could be an arm. He was, he was, he was nice looking. He must've been. His form and build must've been absolutely wonderful because the wife, Potiphar's wife was very much enthroned with him. But Joseph was a kingdom man. And he dealt with the situation like a kingdom man. We're going to look at verses 7 through 12. But I'm going to give you a backdrop before we start reading it. Um, 7 through 12. So Joseph was a man that, you know, he had brothers and they didn't like him because he was a dreamer. And as a dreamer, he dreamed that he was going to be a king. Was talking about. And they sold him. He ended up with Potiphar. Potiphar was an off. He was um, the king of Egypt. And he made Joseph a housemaster. And Joseph's wife saw him and she really liked him. And she felt that she wanted a one night stand. You know, we got to be careful with these one night stands. Because <laughs> these one night stands can get us in trouble. These one night stands can end up with an 18 month commit, uh, 18 year commitment. But Joseph wasn't having a one night stand because Joseph knew that he had found grace and favor in the sight of Potiphar and that Potiphar had given him authority and had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had. And the Lord had used this to bless Joseph. 
So this one particular day, Joseph went into the house to take care of some business. And Potiphar's wife was there. So let's pick it up. Remember, we're talking about a man of God makes no room for the flesh. So we're going to look at verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph and she said, lie with me. Now, I'm sure she was dressed very seductive and you women, you. <laughs> we know we know how to dress accordingly when we want to seduce. And she did that. I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure she did that. If she had a motive in mind, <laughs> if she had a motive in mind to seduce Joseph, you best to believe she was dressed accordingly for the calling. <laughs> Verse 8. But he refused. What did she say? Verse 7, she said, lie with me. She was bold with it. I'm already ready. I've been ready. I've been watching you a long time. I'm ready. Come lie with me. Come be with me. I know I'm married. You know I'm married. I know your position. You know my position. But I like you. Come lie with me. But he refused. And said unto his master's wife. His whose wife? His master's. He understood this is not my territory. This is not what God sent to me. This is not my wife. This is not my future wife. This is the master's wife. Behold, my master wanteth not what is with me in the house. He hasn't withheld anything from me in this house. And he has commanded, he has committed all that he had to my hand. He hasn't withheld anything from me in this house. He's committed everything into my hand. Verse nine, there was none greater in this house than I. There is no one else greater in this house next to my master than me. Neither have he kept anything from me but thee. I have everything in this house that my master has given me but you. Do you understand that? You are off limits. He made no provision for the flesh. He spoke the words to her. See, man, sometimes you come and you say she seduced me. But you can open your mouth and you can stand up like a kingdom man, a man of God, and put a woman in. And I guarantee you what? She'll respect you for it. Let's go on. But my master wanteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath to my hand. There is none greater than I, neither have he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Okay, hold up. All right, time out. But Joseph, you just said that your master had given you everything except the wife. But you said in the same breath, how can you do this great wickedness and sin against God? But he talked about his master, but then he said the sin was against God. So I don't, I don't understand how the two collided. Yes, I do. Let me tell you how it collided. 
because Joseph knew that the sin was against God greater, far greater than against his master. Why? Because God said, let every man have his own wife and let every wife have her own, own husband. God said that he that looketh upon the woman have committed adultery already in his heart. God said that a man is not supposed to lie with another man's woman, another man's wife. And Joseph knew if I have intimacy with Potiphar's wife, my sin is against God. See, a kingdom man understands if he makes room for the flesh, he is sinning against God. See, a Christian man who is carnal minded, they excuse it. I'm only human. You know, a man got needs, baby. <laughs> Miss me with that. Because this kingdom man said, my sin, and this will be a great sin. I cannot sin against God. I cannot sin against God. He's done too much for me. He brought me out the pit and the miry clay. He clothed me. He kept death from me. He brought me out of the pits of jail. I cannot do this against my God. See, a kingdom man knows that his salvation is in God. A kingdom man knows where his hope is. A kingdom man knows where his faith is. A kingdom man knows where his trust is. A carnal-minded man doesn't know and he doesn't care. All he cares about is fulfilling his needs and his desires and his wants and his lust in life. Verse 10, it says, and it came to pass as she spake to Joseph day by day, she was persistent. I'm going to have this young man. <laughs> he gonna be mine day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. And he kept telling, no, no, no. Men, open your mouth. Tell that woman, go put some clothes on. Or quit looking. <laughs> I'm serious. Go, go put some clothes on. You're showing everything that you got. Go put some clothes on. Because if you're interested in me, you got to be a kingdom woman. And a kingdom woman wear clothes. I don't know what you're wearing. I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone too. Verse 11, and it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business. He was taking care of the business for the master. And there was none of the men in the house there when. No man was in there. Nobody was in there. But he was busy in his mind to take care of the things of his master. And she caught him. By his garment. She caught him by his garment. And I'm, I'm just going to improvise. She pulled on his clothes and said, lie with me. And he left his garment in his hand. I can only visualize him doing a twist move, getting out that robe. No, baby, not today. Uh-uh. No, not today. I will make no room for the flesh. I will not sin against God. And fled and got him out. So he left. And it came to pass that when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled forth. 
So I'll tell you the end of the story, end of this particular story right here. Is that he ended up going to prison for something that he didn't do. Mm. She lied on him. She said that he tried to take her. But God even worked that out because he was a kingdom man. See, a kingdom man doesn't make room for the flesh. So women, if you are dating and you shouldn't be dating unless you're dating for the purposes of marriage. I'm going to preface it that. But if you're dating and your kingdom man is or your man is, is luring you into compromising positions, then you don't have a kingdom man. You either pray and wait till he becomes a kingdom man or you wait until God says, that's not it, but I do have someone for you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, women, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you're married, keep praying. Put a fast day in there, fast, water fast, absolute fast, fast at least once a week, and let that day be for your husband. I'm going to fast. You don't have to tell him. Just let God know I'm fasting for my husband, God. I want him to be a kingdom man. Because the whole purpose is, purposes of marriage is to represent Christ Jesus. Number five, and this is our last one. A kingdom man speaks truth. And I'm coming from Psalms 15, one through two. Psalms 15. A kingdom man speaks truth i know this is not a feel-good message it's not supposed to be a feel-good message this 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 is more of a teaching than, than anything else and and let me preface this before i go on god created the man first and i have high regard for our men across the nation doesn't matter what nationality you are it doesn't matter what social status you are. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. What matters is that you get the word of God and you live your life as a kingdom man because this society is in trouble. And society, thank you, Pupito, thank you. Society needs our men to rise up to be kingdom men. We have enough of men. We have enough of carnal men. We have enough <laughs> of carnal Christians. And God said he can take an alcoholic and transform you into a kingdom man. God said, I can take a pimp a prostitute and I can transform you into a kingdom man. I can take a game player, a sweet, smooth talker charmer and transform you into a kingdom man. God said, all I need are men who are willing under the hand of the almighty God to allow me to transform all things become new and the things that I desire to give you and expose you to you will have 
God wants to transform men. Your apparatus, your body does not make you a man. Only a holy man of God makes you a kingdom man. God desires kingdom men, men who will not compromise. God says, if your heart is repentant, I can turn it around. I can make it new. I can give you what your heart desires. If I come first, am I first? Because a kingdom man puts God's first. A kingdom man, the very first sign is that he is saved and he lives out his salvation. That's what a kingdom man does. Now, I recommend Tony Evans' book on kingdom man. I haven't read it yet. I, I'm going to read it. I haven't read it yet, but I heard it's a good book and I've given it out. I can't only give you what God has given me today about kingdom men. But if you want to go deeper, if you want to study yourself, men, on what it means to be a man, get the book, get the workbook and ask God, transform me, change me. And there is nobody, I don't care what you've done. That is so horrific that God can't change you. I don't care. All God wants is a repented heart. That's all he wants. A repented heart means I turn away from God. I refuse to walk in the ways of the enemy. I refuse to listen to the voice of Satan. I choose salvation. I choose to be humble. I won't be prideful. I choose to surrender to you. Number five, a kingdom man speaks truth. Psalms 15, one through two. Kingdom man, help Lord, for the godly man ceases, for the faithful man fell from among the children of men. They speak in vanity, every one with his neighbor, with fluttering lips and with a double heart do they speak. That is the wrong scripture I read, but I kept reading it because it was good. I read Psalms 12, one through two, and it was good <laughs> because God is saying the godly man is ceasing. Where are the godly men? Where are the kingdom men? Where are the holy men? That's what God said. Cause I don't, I, 12 and 13, I was like, Lord, he's a key reading. For the faithful man faileth from among the children of men. God, God is saying he, he interjected himself in, in, in our message. Where are you? The godly man is ceasing. We can't even trust our police officers anymore. They're ceasing. Where are the kingdom men? They're failing. The children of men, they speak vanity. It's all about them. They flatter with their lips and with the double heart they speak, they speak one thing with their lips and one thing with their heart. God just said that. I didn't say that wasn't my scripture. Where are you godly men? Where are you holy men? Where are you righteous men? Where are you kingdom men? Rise up, take your rightful place. There are women out here and I'm seeing them every day who is crying for the kingdom man. Yes. 
Wives who are crying for kingdom husbands. Children who desire kingdom fathers. Where are you? 15. Psalms 15. I'm going to get it right this time. Okay, Lord, can I add this one? Okay. <laughs> Lord, who dwell, who shall abide in thy tabernacle, who shall dwell in thy holy hill. So this is the question the Psalmist David is asking. Lord, who's going to abide in your tabernacle? Who's going to dwell in your holy hill? Let's stop and think about this for a minute. Only a kingdom man and a kingdom woman can abide in the tabernacle of the Most High God. Only a kingdom woman and a kingdom man shall dwell in the holy hill. If you're not a kingdom man or a kingdom woman, you can't go there. It cannot contain your sin. It cannot contain your sinfulness. Verse 2. He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. That's a kingdom man. That is a kingdom man. A kingdom man by the blood of Jesus walk uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaks truth in the name of Jesus. And he works it in his heart. He speaks truth in his heart. That's what a kingdom man does. I'm going to go and finish reading. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the enemy and innocent. He that doth these things shall never be moved. Those are things that the kingdom man will not do, but the kingdom man will speak truth. We're going to talk about David. David committed sin. Remember King David was on his porch. <laughs> Turn with me to Second Saul, Second Samuel, the twelfth chapter. He decided to take a walk on his porch, and he saw a woman bathing, and he made room for the flesh. And instead of him turning around and going back inside, he kept looking at her bathing. And what he saw, it was good to him. So he inquired of his servants to go, who is this woman? That's Bathsheba. Remember, David had a lot of wives. Lots of wives and concubines. They were all <laughs> piled up waiting for their turn. Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, She was his only wife. So David is watching her, found her to be beautiful, asked her to come over. 
she confirmed she's married. But he became intimate with her anyway. And she became pregnant. And when she told him she was pregnant, because Uriah was out in the field fighting for his King David, he decided to bring Uriah home. And he decided to allow Uriah to drink from his table so he would get him drunk and in his mind. Because, you know, we always try to, we think our plan is better than God's. We think we can out manipulate God. We think we are more powerful than God. We think that we have more knowledge than God. So he was going to, he was going to out, outdo God on this one. I'm going to get Uriah. He had a plan. God says, I know the plans that I have for you to give you a future and a hope. But David said, I got a plan. So my plan is, here's my plan. I'm going to have Uriah to come home. I'm going to get him drunk. He's going to go home. He's going to have sex with his wife. And then we can say the baby is his. Yeah, that's a good plan. But it failed. Because Uriah was so committed to the king until he didn't go inside to have sex with his wife. He said, no, my brothers are out there fighting. I'm not going to take the moments of pleasure when they're out there fighting. When the king heard about this, he said, okay, I got to do something different. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him drunk this time. Same thing happened. Uriah was like, okay. King David was like, okay, now I know what I have to do. He's still planning. Instead of repenting, he's still planning. And the plan was, I'm going to get Uriah killed. So he brought Uriah over and he gave Uriah a note. Basically, the note was his own death warrant. Put Uriah on the front line so he can die. And that's what happened. And he ended up marrying Bathsheba. So David think my plan worked. Yes, he was plotting and planning. My plan worked. It worked. I got the woman. I got the baby. I got, you know, my baby's coming. It worked. Nobody knows the difference. But there was a man who walked in truth. He spoke truth. And that was a prophet, Nathan. See, sometimes we have to speak truth to people, even if it hurts us to speak it to them. We have to speak truth. Nathan, Nathaniel spoke truth. And we're going to see. Let's go to 2 Samuel, the 12th chapter. And... I'm going to go ahead and start with verse 1. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. And the rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing save one ewe lamb, which he brought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and his children, it did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man and he spake to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was to come unto him. But took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. So the poor man didn't have, and the rich man took what the poor man had. This made David mad. 
when Nathan shared that story, he was angry. And David's anger, verse five, and David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man have done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he done this thing and because he have no pity. Hmm. Here's what Nathan said. And Nathan said to David, thou art the man. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel. I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul and I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives unto thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if it had been too little, I would moreover have given thee such and such things. Wherefore, thou hast despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight. Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword and have taken his wife to be thy wife and have slain him with the sword of the children of Amnon. Nathan was challenged to speak the truth. Yes, God told him, but he didn't have to say yes. A kingdom man will speak truth. A kingdom man will speak truth. So we went through five points and we have 10 more to go. So we've got two more weeks on the characteristics and the nature of a kingdom man and we're going to go over them a kingdom man is saved he lives out his salvation philippians 2 12. that's number one number two a kingdom man walks in brotherly love first john 4 20 through 21. a kingdom man is humble as jesus was humble peter 5 five through six a kingdom man makes no room for the flesh Romans 13 11 through 14 he makes no room for the flesh a kingdom man number five speaks truth a kingdom mind a kingdom man speaks truth he walketh uprightly and he worketh righteousness, Psalms 15, one through two. Makes no room for the flesh, Romans 13, 11 through 14. He speaks truth, Psalms 15, one through two. He is saved, he walks in brotherly love, he's humble, he makes no room for the flesh and he speaks truth. We have 10 more to go to recognize and the nature of a kingdom man. And my desire and prayer is at the end of this study is that the men that are either listening or part of any woman that's listening's life, that you would be a kingdom man for God. This world needs to change. And the only way the world can change is not from the decisions that a president makes, President Trump or whoever comes into office. The change that the world begins to make starts in the community. It starts in the home. It starts with men rising up to be kingdom men. 
And I start with the man first because the man was the first to be created and God gave him dominion over the earth. And by the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I am praying for that restoration in the name of Jesus, for men to be restored to their rightful place, for men to be restored as kingdom men of God. Stop compromising. Stop living out of your own flesh. Stop hurting others. Stop hurting people. Stop hurting your wives. Stop hurting your children. Stop. Stop playing games. Stop being deceptive. Stop betraying. Stop. You're not playing games to hurt anybody else. You're really hurting yourself. And the relationship that you think you have with God. Kingdom men, rise up. Kingdom men, rise up in the name of Jesus. Kingdom men, rise up in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God gave you Psalms 12, 1 through 2. That was not a scripture. That was a part of my notes. But it was so befitting. Rise up. Rise up. So, Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I thank you for every man. I don't care what his age is, God. I pray for every man on that's listening, that's going to either hear this in a podcast, hear it on YouTube. It doesn't matter what time or day that they hear it. Two weeks from now, two years from now, God, raise that man up. Every woman that listens to this and every man that's a part of her life, God, I pray that you would raise that man up to be a holy man, to be a kingdom-minded man. That, Father, that they would seek you first, that you would be first and foremost, that their salvation would be one that they would walk out, that they would be a man of humility, a man of brotherly love. A man, dear God, that delights in you. A man that makes no room for the flesh. A man, dear God, that speaks truth in love. We need our men to rise up, God. And we're asking this by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we decree and declare this day that our men will rise. And they will be holy men. They will love like you love, God. They will be one with you, Father. And I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. And I thank you for your word. In your name, amen. Amen.